Hi there ladies. You've tuned into Fierce and Fearless, the podcast that's all about empowering you, the modern unstoppable woman. And I'm Sonali and I'm Zoe. Joining you to dive headfirst into real raw conversations about everything that matters to you. From the roller coaster ride of motherhood to the adrenaline rush of fitness and nutrition. The hustle bustle of entrepreneurship and the undeniable importance of mental health. As we navigate through the sisterhood journey, we are all set to debunk myths, challenge norms and get really candid about everyday highs and lows of womanhood. So whether you're squeezing in an episode during your morning workout, during your well-deserved coffee break, or after tucking the kids into bed, you're welcome. This is your time. It's us together. Hey there, fierce and fearless listeners. Sonali decide back with another really juicy episode. And I'm Zoe, ready to spice things up and dive deep into what health truly means. Trust me, this isn't your everyday health talk. We're about to uncover the secret behind deep health. So, forget about six-packs and salad-only diets. We're talking about holistic health today. Today we're going to debunk what truly really means to be healthy and spoiler alert we're venturing beyond muscles and meals we're diving really deep into deep health right so deep health all right it sounds intriguing and we actually experimented by asking a few people what the true meaning of health was for them and some of the answers that we received were health is happiness health is mobility that's a good one health is being slim and fit And although these do resonate in some way and do actually come under maybe what health is, we found it to be quite different after all our research. Deep health encompasses not just your physical wellness, but it is your emotional, environmental, your mental, your existential dimensions. And today we're focusing on the four pillars that we are all about, which is nutrition, movement, sleep, and wellness. So the thing is before we dive into this we thought that we would add some really ground breaking topics that we discovered just to open up your idea of what health really is for for you guys to really think about. Yeah, so I'm excited to share, right? We've all heard about the gut, the gut brain connection. I think the research is new, there's a lot of fufa and a lot of thought and talk around it, but I think that there's there is merit there like there is something between the gut and the brain connection by right? the gut is not just you know it's not just a microbiome that lives in you but there is a connection between that and your brain and mental health immunity the gut I think is truly your second brain I personally feel that when I started looking into what I was e- the kind of probiotics i was eating i felt that yeah there's something there my entire digestion improved my sleep improved and a lot of issues that i had felt started to go away so yes i think that there's merit there and that's something we need to look further into absolutely cuz i think the whole point about speaking about the mind connection is what brings us to the idea of the power of a mindset right cuz if you've ever heard of the placebo effect It's fascinating how just our belief systems and our attitudes can really influence our physical health outcomes. It's it's wild. Our minds have superpowers. And there's this fascinating field which I have been reading a lot about called epigenetics, and it's all about our lifestyle and how it influences the way our genes, believe it or not, are expressed. Diet, stress, sleep, 
they can turn certain genes in our body and on and off, which is crazy. And I've particularly been interested in this because I'm pregnant and, you know, passing those through to the baby is actually factual and actually exists as facts out there. It's mind-blowing. That's absolutely crazy, Zoe. And, you know, another one that we've heard in psychology since school and it's an everlasting debate, which is nature versus nurture, right? Social health is something that we often overlook. Healthy relationships, social bonds, spending time with family always will improve your health outcomes. At the end of the day, loneliness is detrimental and as detrimental as even something like smoking. It's the number one reason for depression in the entire world. So, you know, please keep those connections. You know, at the end of the day, they always say addiction is the opposite of connection. And have you, in speaking of communities, have you heard of the blue zones? Yes. So this is another wild one. Places where people live the longest, it's shown, and the healthiest lives. It's not just about their genes only, but their lifestyle and their community, like you said, Sonali, connections matter too. Honestly, my shift to Goa when I lived in Delhi my whole life was the best decision I made. The fresh air, the slower, relaxed environment, more outdoors every day has made such a massive difference to my awareness and my general happiness. Because that what we're going to try and loop in here is how things move from the internal happiness to the external, right? So we're going to talk a little about your environmental health. It's something else to think about. Our surroundings, the quality of air we breathe, the water we drink, even our connection to nature, like I mentioned, which is what you know Goa has done for me. It's all about connecting and it's all about a holistic healing process. Exactly. And interestingly, what you said, right, from internal to external, I think people should you know, because a lot of times people just look at external, 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 and they forget the internal or the thing that if the external is great, the internal will work. But I think it actually works the opposite where the internal, if you work on the internal and the external is just like a great add on and you can, you, you know, enjoy it even more. And I am extremely jealous. Okay. We've been wanting to move out of Delhi almost every year, especially when the, that whole time of the pollution hits and you know, it's, it's just awful to be in Delhi. And every year we plan, okay, we're moving out this year, but we don't. But this year we'll be in Goa. So we'll definitely meet and do a couple of episodes together. Looking forward. Yeah. So when we connect basically our body and mind, you know, we actually start decoding what deep health is. So, you know, we're going to go through a few pillars. And the first one that we're going to go, which is close to both our hearts, is nutrition. And, you know, when I started understanding nutrition, I was just so overwhelmed. I mean, there is just so much out there. What diet to do, low carb, high fat, no sugar, you name it. And I've really done all of them. I've struggled with weight all my life and there is no diet that I've not done. But Zoe, on to you first and then I'll give some thoughts. You know, Sonali, you're not alone because I honestly have worked with so many people and I get it. And nutrition, honestly, is really such a personal thing is what I've come to realize. What works for one person might not work for another. And I remember that, you know, after I had Zai, I was feeling the pressure to this, you know, to bounce back and people were sort of like looking at me and expecting me to just like transform overnight. And people were like, why do you still look pregnant? You know, like after one week. And, you know, at first it it got to me and I thought that, you know what, I'm going to try excessive cardio. I'm going to slowly sort of like maybe restrict my diet and all of these sort of thoughts come in because of pressure 
you know, more than my own knowledge. It was pressure that was pushing me. And the truth is that none of this stuff is sustainable. We do anything restrictive, it's going to make you very, very irritable. And that's when I remembered that the most important thing is about finding balance and listening to one's body properly. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many misconceptions out there, right? There's this whole fat is bad phase. It's like, why would you not eat avocado or, you know, virgin or extra virgin olive oil? It's so important to align your nutrition to your goal. So currently, as training with you, I am right now on a low carb burn fat phase. So obviously, my diet has to be aligned to be a lot more protein, low in carbs, controlled fats, but definitely have all the macros on my plate. But if I was a breastfeeding mom, I think my requirements would be extremely or almost very different to that. So it has to be aligned. It's so personal and it's so aligned to the state in mind and the stage that you're in and what you want to achieve. Honestly, it's, it's so true because, you know, it's crucial to understand that nutrition isn't one size fit, fits all. We honestly need to start to educate ourselves first and find what really works for our individual needs because everything will be different at a certain phase in our lives. I've got, you know, breastfeeding duties in the very near future and I'm already planning ahead looking at sort of like balanced meals and ways to sort of include all foods because I'm a big, big believer in having a little bit of everything in life. Um, the whole fat is bad phase is a perfect example of why it's essential to update yourself with evidence that exists around the world and not to just kind of listen to the next person next to you or copy somebody that's doing something. Because by the way, good fats are vital for brain health, skin, digestion, we forget, and even hormone production. It, they're very important. 100%, you know, and I mean, uh, even with kids, right? As I got into child nutrition, I realized that we all kept harping about protein, 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 but of course, protein is important. But there is a stage, right? When your child is born, their brain is being formed. So in these two to three formative years, it's actually all fats, right? You want to give them that ghee, you want to give them that avocado, you want to give them high fat food because that's what they need to develop their brain. And as their body starts to develop is that's when the protein comes up because protein might be important, but it's also the hardest macronutrient to digest. So at that young age, their body can't handle something, you know, too much of protein. So you know, there's so much to learn in this field of nutrition that I think we can just, you know, completely go on about it. But eat a variety of foods, lots of vegetables, lean protein, whole grains. And I think that, you know, one's good to go when you have a balanced plate. I completely agree. And I'm so glad, honestly, that, you know, you and I have come together to debunk some of these misconceptions here on Fierce and Fearless, because I think most people fear food. Uh, they don't understand it and they fear it. And honestly, if I was to share a little bit about a little secret and I want you guys to like lean in a little close for my secret nutrition tip because it's wild and I'm sure you've never heard it before. But honestly, it's all it is, is about mastering the art of balance in your meals. It's about simple balancing, right? I know it sounds too simple and honestly... People think that extreme diets and wacky food fads are the way to go. But the real magic will always lie in finding a rhythm that includes all the food groups, treats your taste buds every now and then, and most importantly, fuels your body right. Okay, You need to look at food as fuel. It's not about perfection, but it's about understanding what your body needs and also what your body loves, right? Because it's important to give it what it loves. So mix it up. And have fun with your food. And remember, a little bit of what you do fancy does you good. It's honestly the way that I believe and that I coach most of my clients about. 
exactly 110%. I completely agree with that. And I think that what comes with that are two points. One, you can equip yourself by being more aware as, you know, predominantly a more vegetarian sort of, you know, Indians are vegetarian, right? So we end up eating dal chawal sabzi. That's like a staple diet every day. But have we ever actually realize that most of that is carbohydrates, right? Dal, we know is protein, but I think it's what, 40% protein, probably not more. So you're still eating a more carb-heavy diet pretty much every day. So be cognizant of that. And the second thing is, if you can plan, and if you can plan out your meals, nothing like it. That concept is not so big in India, but it's important to put together. So plan out what you're going to eat, how you're going to eat, make your shopping list accordingly so that you're not suddenly dying of hunger and just eating whatever comes in front of you. So Zoe, you've coached, you've mentored so many people. What are the top tips that you would give as a lifestyle and nutrition coach? Awesome. Okay. So I love to do this because honestly, a lot of the individuals that I've worked with, mainly women, I've observed patterns that are literally reoccurring mistakes and myths about nutrition that honestly, in the long run, end up hindering someone's progress, right? And these are some of them that I want to highlight, and we're going to go through them fairly quickly. Number one, okay, eating late at night is going to lead to weight gain, okay? The truth is, it's not about the time that you eat. It's about the total calories instead that you consume over and burn in your day. Yeah. If you're within your caloric limit and you're eating nutritiously, a late night meal is not magically going to make you gain weight. Okay. This is one of the biggest things that people, you know, try to think that it does. It doesn't. Okay. Second, carbohydrates are not your enemy. Okay. I know that I have prescribed you with a lower carb diet, but those carbs are still present. Understand that carbs are a source of energy. They're especially important for those people who are active. So if somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to lose tons of weight and I don't want to eat this and I don't want to eat that, then I'll be like, you know what? Don't exercise either. Just don't eat. You don't need to exercise because you need to have that energy, right? And choosing your right carbs are like whole grains, fruits, vegetables. They are forms of carbs and they're better options than having sugary refined foods. That's basically the answer, okay? Three, believe it or not, even though I'm a coach and I'm in nutrition, I have actually never done a detox diet or a juice diet or a cleanse in my whole life. Okay. They are not necessary to reset your system. Okay. I love how people really think that I need to go away for one week and reset my body. It's not about that. Our bodies naturally will detoxify every day. These diets are very restrictive and they often will lack all the essentials in terms of nutrition because it's really important about focusing on plenty of water, fiber, and whole foods. It's very simple, okay? And those diets don't do that. Number four, more protein equals more muscle, okay? Now, you can vouch for the fact that I go on and on about protein, okay? It's completely necessary for your muscle repair and growth. When we exercise, our muscles break down. You're trying to rebuild your muscles. You need protein. But consuming excessive high amounts of protein is not suddenly going to build muscle, Okay, which is what you have to understand, right? You can't do one and not do the other. You have to balance it out with carbs and fats, as well as a certain correct way of training the body. So putting resistance, it's required. The two work, okay? Number five, all fats are bad. We've touched upon this right now, and it's worth mentioning again. Good fats, like those from avocados, nuts, and olive oil, they're all essential for our brain health, our hormones, and overall health in general, okay? 
my final one that I have come across all the time is that skip meals and that will help you lose weight faster. No. Okay? No. If you eat heavy today, doesn't mean you don't eat tomorrow. All right? Skipping meals can lead to overeating later is what a lot of people don't realize. It's better to eat smaller balanced meals very regularly through your day to maintain a stable blood sugar and to keep your metabolism active. It's important to eat little through the day and to not skip and to fear food. Because honestly, in the world of nutrition, it's crucial to sift through the noise honestly and find evidence-based stuff, right? If you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to work for you just because it works for somebody else. So listen to your body and when in doubt, just seek guidance from somebody who knows and who's a professional. It's as simple as that. I agree. And you know, just to sort of add to that, like this whole phase, I mean, everyone's done intermittent fasting. I think that's, you know, we've done it. You've definitely tried it, right? I think a lot of people have, like my husband does it and it works like magic on him. Magic, you know, it, and his body can only handle like that eating window or non-eating window. But I tried it. I was miserable. Like I could not, I couldn't even last like three days. Okay. I was like, no, I'm just getting headaches and it doesn't work. So I don't know. I mean, there's so much research that says that it works, but again, it's just so personal. And, um, but that was really insightful. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, we all needed to hear some of that to get it from someone like a professional like you. So let's be conscious of how we plan our meals and of course, how we balance our plates. Correct. And honestly, I mean, nutrition is something that we can go on and on about, but it brings us on, which I lightly touched upon, which is our second pillar, which is my favorite, is movement, right? And the truth is, it's not about breaking a sweat at the gym every day. It's not about just trying to integrate physical activity into our daily lives. Because Sonali, honestly, I've explored this more. And it's about both things working together. And it's what I try and do in my coaching program. And I too have been really aware about just generally trying to be active through my day, both in terms of movement, in terms of making sure that I sort of like, you know, walk my dogs, you know, play with my kid, keep myself active, try to do as many things as possible and get in a workout and eat well. These things all kind of matter and they work together. Yeah, oh, for sure, Zoe. I think that one of the easiest ways is to stay active and to sort of adopt NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? These activities are not strenuous, but the fact that you keep moving all day, you are burning calories. If you're going to do that one hour, one and a half hour workout, but just be a couch potato for the remaining I don't know, 18, 20 hours of the day, I don't know if that's going to work, you know? So, you know, take the stairs, use the elevator, walk to the market, stand. I do this a lot, which is basically stand and walk during my meetings and dance while cooking, if you can. Luckily, as mothers, we do a lot of neat. The pure love for this Godi, mama Godi. <laughs> it's like you're squatting and moving, squatting and moving all day. I mean, uh, I, I I felt I felt the love for the Godi, and I think it's it, it's got its ups and downs. So, but what really helped me was also to get a smartwatch. Right, it gives you that those nudges. You kind of know where you're keeping, where your day is going, how many steps you've done. But I like to be, I like tracking. I like you know knowing. Not everyone does. So if it works for you, definitely go for it and use it to your advantage. Otherwise, you know, do as you feel. But Again, there was this whole concept about how you spread your, you have to do 10,000 uh, steps a day. So do you just go for a long walk and cover it up or do you break it down through the day? What are your thoughts on that? 
So, you know, there the thing is, I recommend my clients to do 10,000 steps, okay? And the reason why, even though there's a lot out there, of there's a lot of hoo-ha about it being that it's not really the best way to achieve activity. But the truth is, we are very lazy, right? So having a small goal such as that keeps you working because it's not that easy to get 10,000 steps, okay? And there is this misconception about achieving those 10,000 steps, right? Many people will think that just squeezing in a walk somewhere will cover, let's say, 7,000 steps. And I'm not going to lie, I've done this too. They're getting in steps and they get the most out of their exercise like that. But the research suggests that spreading out these steps throughout the day is actually more beneficial for our health. And I am one, you know, I still support having 10,000 steps, but there is research now that is suggesting that this is not about just trying to shove it all into that one window. Yeah. And I think I support that. You know, can you sort of elaborate a bit more? Like, what do you think? Like when, especially when women have periods, should they work out? Should they not work out? Like, this is always a question on my mind. I think it's helped me to work out. I, you know, definitely, I think it's different post and pre-pregnancy, but working out or doing some kind of movement exercise during your periods really works. And I think it's a good thing to do. I mean, you would know a lot more on this. You know, th- honestly, it's you're, you're right. Because the human body isn't designed actually for prolonged periods of inactivity. It's just not. So when we sit for hours on, you know, on the couch, our metabolism is slowing down, our muscles become idle, blood circulation reduces. And where, you know, we actually overall just slow down. And by spreading our steps and making a conscious effort through the day to actually stand, get a little bit of stretching, you know, it sounds silly, but it makes a huge difference. Walk every hour or two, you know, like you said, walk in meetings. It's a great idea. We actively counteract the negative aspects of sitting by just doing these small things through the day. It breaks the monotony and it revs up your metabolism multiple times throughout the day, which is what you actually want. It's kind of a little bit like HIIT. If you know what that training is, you kind of are speeding things up, slowing things down, if you know what I mean. And this is science. Yeah, 100%. You know, there is this myth around women should not lift weights. Women should not, you know, do heavy exercise. And I think that it's a myth because I love it and I think it works great for me. But obviously, it's important to always consult a professional and to, you know, have a consult before you get into it and to work with someone who can train you to, especially if you've never done it before. What do you think about that? Like, what do you, what do you, what is the advice you give, especially when you have people who've never got into fitness and, and women who've never lifted weights beyond themselves? You know, the the thing is, when we kind of sort of look at health and fitness, we understand movement is such an integral aspect of all of this, right? It's not just about shedding pounds or getting in steps or understanding our bodies. For instance, building muscle is very, very important. As we age, muscle mass naturally decreases, which is going to lead to weakness and even imbalances in our body. Especially for women who've gone through pregnancy, the body experiences such crazy changes, including our muscles, right? A lot changes here. So again, it's about understanding what these myths are and actually researching evidence-based things so that you educate yourself and that you understand, right? I think that's what's more important. Exactly. So I think this brings us to our next topic, which is uh, equally important, which is sleep, right? It is so, so important. And I think that especially when you're working out and training and moving and everything, you need to get your sleep, right? Sleep is the way of recharging your body. And it's not just about quantity. It's also about 
quality. I myself am a stickler and a very, very light sleeper. You know, I have to, all lights have to be off. It has to be a dark room. I find it tough to not, you know, I wake up at any sound or any light. So I've now aligned myself to go to sleep and wake up every day at the same time without an alarm. I did some research and I heard Huberman's podcast on this just to align your circadian rhythm. And I think it makes a world of a difference. This includes weekends. That's, I think that was the toughest part to do, but you don't sleep in. You still push your body to wake up at the same time. But once you get into that, you get some sunlight in your eyes in the morning. You just see how much more awake you feel and how much better you sleep that following day. I also have a very supportive husband who sleeps with our daughter. So I can get my princess quality sleep. (laughs) That's not, everyone doesn't have that, right? So you do what you can best within your limitations and of course, you know, your environment. But yes, get good quality sleep. I think that works. It works wonders. You know, sleep is uh, is an elusive treasure that we're all hunting for, honestly. And I think I'm, I've definitely struggled with getting good sleep, but it is so important. And I think in many cases, we can blame it on the endless Netflix marathons that I see many people going on, the Insta scrolling habits that we all have. It's funny because I think some people maybe treat sleep like, you know, the broccoli of our daily routines, right? We know oh, it's man. good for us, but sometimes <laughs> we just don't prioritize it. Because, you know, the, the thing is, guess what? Sleep is like the ultimate spa treatment for our body, mind and our soul. Every night when we are resting, our body throws itself into repair mode. Our brain goes on a memory organizing spree and our mood gets better. It all is like a reset button and Something that I've actually learned because of having Zai is that it's also about sleep hygiene. Now, by that, I know it's not about just clocking in the hours that you sleep, and ma- but making them actually count. And this could be like setting up your room for the best possible ambience for sleep. And I do this for Zai on a regular basis. The lights are off, the curtains are drawn, AC is a good temperature, you know, and maybe a little, you know, a routine like we go and wash our hands, we wash our feet before bed, you know, we get ready. So even for some, you know, for us, it's more like, you know, you read a chapter of a book or you relax and then you kind of get into the mode for going to sleep, but you kind of, you know, avoid screens, think that, you know, it's better to sort of switch them off. Maybe some people even set an alarm and be like, you know, from now for the next 30 minutes, I'm not going to do any screen time. I'm just going to wind down some stretching. It's important because I think all of these things add a dimension of messing with our body's natural rhythm. And we need to be aware about that when we're about to go to sleep, right? Exactly. I think that uh, putting a, a, you know, a sleep alarm before your sleep time really helps, right? So, 30, 40 minutes between before the bedtime, before your bedtime, put an alarm. So your body kind of gets that signal that, okay, I need to now prepare to go to sleep. So you go off your screens, you spend time, like you said, read something, chill out. If you can meditate and do some stretching, just get into the zone and then sleep. But that alarm, if you do it, let's say regularly for a week, 10 days, it just, it signals your body. Your body automatically starts to shut down because repetition is how our brain sort of functions. So that's a great idea. And I think, you know, I've done it and I think everyone should try it. Yeah. Any more thoughts on that? Or we'll move on to our next topic, which is mental wellness. So, you know, I think that the last thing that we should just wrap up with these, you know, bits about sleep and uh, training is also about how 
training really hard only deals with one aspect but recovery which is comes underneath sleep recovery doing things that you know encourage you to actually relax is really important because honestly all of these things are driven by what you just mentioned because this topic honestly doesn't get enough attention and it should which is our mental health okay because when we talk about deep health we cannot overlook the profound importance of mental well-being okay our minds are sort of intrinsically linked to how we perceive our bodies right how we feel when we look in the mirror and the pressures that we put on ourselves to meet all these sort of standards that are set out by health and beauty and fitness i honestly hear the wildest stories from people every day you know like oh my god i've sweat so much i'm going to go quickly jump on the weighing scale after my session with them i'm just like oh wow <laughs> You know, this doesn't. You know, I'm wow. like honestly, <laughs> fitness. I wish you know. I wish people would be like you know. They would understand that fitness is. It's not a journey about achieving your ideal body. That it's much more to do with about feeling good from the inside out. Okay, this is something that I strive to do for myself all the time. Especially, I'm just going to touch upon postpartum experiences because honestly, it was a tough time for me. It was a transformative phase that I went through, and many women go through as well. and it's the pressure of you know people looking at you and saying have you bounced back you know you're not looking the way you are and it can be very overwhelming and you know it's essential to remember that everybody's journey is unique and to sort of support seek and seek help from other people is really really important to talk about your feelings i probably didn't do it enough i would definitely do it some more because a healthy mind just is just as if not more significant than a toned body honestly Oh, totally. I mean, I don't think there should be any doubt in anyone's mind about that. Mental wellness is absolutely crucial, right? We don't make time for ourselves. We make time for everything else, everyone else in the world except ourselves. But you got to make time for yourself. If you can't help yourself, you definitely cannot help another person. And then on top of it, to be a mom, right? If you can't help yourself, then your child is just going to have. not the best experience of who you really are like mom guilt is real i honestly did not think it was a thing until i experienced it myself and i said damn this is stuff like this guilt exists right it's not just something that people talk about but it's worse if you don't end up doing what you want to do because then i feel that you'll end up blaming your child that okay you know because of you i've not done x y and z so again there's a lot of thoughts one has to be a bit more cognizant think about it but put yourself giving yourself importance and doing things that matter to you whether it's switching off the phone listening to music working out i don't know going for a walk an hour a day whatever it is right get that in get in that meantime and obviously understand that you know why do we think and the you know why do we feel and think the way we do it's all comes from a certain level of conditioning and we'll talk a bit more about that Uh, a bit later but yeah where mental wellness is top it is honestly and i find where mental wellness ends up taking a back seat in the health conversations that we all have is because there's influences everywhere right there's influence about how you know our bodies need to be looking a certain way 
especially now everything is about this filter focused world i mean it's a little scary about how crazily good i can look on like a filter i mean i'm just like damn i feel like i should look like this all the time right and honestly things like uh, situations like this is what actually amplifies the pressure of a moment like what i'm going to experience very soon which is going to be the postpartum bouncing back myth right that's going to come my way very soon for the second time and honestly our mental state will definitely affect our emotions and i mean just to think about the pressure that we have as mums like we covered in our first episode imagine adding that on top right that pressure of trying to actually look a certain way it's a lot you know and it puts a lot of stress on your mental health and i've honestly you know felt those pressures firsthand and you know mental wellness positive thinking you you hear it all the time but because it's so important right it is just you know if you can make a routine to just get mindfulness for just a few minutes of the day you can see the difference it makes you know i've gone from get doing it not doing it obviously not doing it during the first year shiva i was born but then slowly trying to bring it back into my routine and it really it makes a starking difference and of course what we also discussed of in the beginning is social connections having you know just family time or just having people to talk to whether it's a group whether it's a family member what it's uh, people who you do an activity with but that social connection we know what covid did to us right what isolation does to humans so let's try and not repeat that and and you know i don't know have a group that we walk with or play cards with whatever it does but you know feeling heard is therapeutic just in itself that's true because I, i you know I, i was also the research that we did has also led to this idea of and i've something that i've worked on very very closely with myself is about setting boundaries you know you know with people with our time and it's you know whether we can say no when we thought we couldn't and now we can it's something that i've learned uh, is to be able to say no i've also learned you know that taking breaks from from work taking breaks from digital devices it's all to ensure that our mental health isn't compromised alongside you know and it's about consciously making those decisions and taking those sort of changes into your own hands like i'm going to tell you something crazy right now what i just did this morning by the way today is the 15th right and it is a holiday here in in india and i my husband is not meant to be working and i saw him sitting on his computer with his phone I literally snuck up on him. We tied his hands. I've taken away all the digital devices and I've hidden them in the house. And I am so proud that I have achieved this to see if this actually works out because he needs that break and we need that break because you know every small action makes a really big impact and health isn't just about the number of workouts that you get into your week. It's not about the amount of calories that you consume only. It's about learning to nurture our minds and our spirits. as well as our bodies and that's what the balance is about yeah totally i mean i really try that simple exercise that during meal times we put our phones silent or we put it in a basket we keep it aside it's literally 15 minutes but it just feels like oh my god where's my phone you know like it's like everything's like moving and shaking <laughs> i'm literally watching my husband pace round and round the garden being like oh my god i have so much time outside so yeah yeah so from gut health to the power of mindset i think you know genes carry it health is truly multifaceted we've discussed the few pillars that we think that combine together and define what health is and what deep health is so it's you know i think the next section we're going to just maybe put some tips together and combine everything so that you have some take homes with you yep because i'm pretty sure that we have made our listeners understand that it's about aligning 
our lifestyles and our values. And we've got their attention because they realize that now there's a lot more to health than just vegetables and abs. And we're going to sort of make a few things and a few tips that we think are going to be easy for our listeners to start implementing on an immediate basis. Okay. So how about we share these healthy tips? Yeah. So let's go for it. I think I'll start with the first one. So spice up your water intake. So carry a water bottle. It's also great for carbon footprint. Put a bit of lemon, put some basil, put a herb that you want and hydration is important. So keep a track. Awesome. Simple one. Tip two, try the traffic light eating method. Okay. Green foods are go foods. So you can eat them anytime and as much as you like. Yellow foods are slow down. Foods to eat in moderation. And red foods are to stop foods at a certain limit. That's an interesting one. Interesting. Yeah. Nice one. So tip three, sneak movement throughout your day. Like we said, take the stairs, park further away, dance while cooking, take your calls while walking. And just remember that every bit of movement counts. Yep. I would have said that that tip is all about me. Tip number four is to make, like I mentioned, make your bedroom a sleep sanctuary, right? So keep it cool, keep it dark and quiet and no screens before bed. Tip five, Practice mindfulness every day. Just those few minutes. I What I do is now I wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, and I meditate for five minutes before I look at my phone. That's really helped me and I think it could help a lot of people too. So try it. I really need to put this one into my schedule. Tip number six. We're halfway. Try meal prepping. Prepare healthy meals ahead of time, including your snacks. It will prevent any impulsive eating and unhealthy choices. Yeah, I love that one. I think it's super, super crucial. Tip seven, stay socially connected, right? Call a friend, join a club, be a volunteer, social connections, add to mental well-being. So go for it for sure. Yep. Tip number eight would be, which is something that I have been doing religiously ever since I got pregnant, which is not to forget to stretch because this really makes a difference if you incorporate it into your daily routine and it will improve your flexibility, it will prevent injuries and you'll increase your circulation. And my favorite during pregnancy, which most moms will relate, is to help digestion. Good one. And tip number nine, practice gratitude, right? I mean, keep a journal and if you don't have time, just say it every day, right? Before you sleep, say thank you. Thank you for whatever's happened during that day, during that week, during that month, during that year. And the more you repeat, the more your brain activates and remembers that you have been thankful for these things. It's actually a very important connection. So go for it. You know, I really, I really love that one, Sonali. In fact, I was thinking that I should start this with Zai on a regular basis in the, in the evenings before we go to bed. It's a great one. Tip 10, prioritize your self-care. This could be taking a bath, reading a book, getting a massage, anything that will help you relax and recharge. Don't take this one lightly. It works wonders. So, dear listeners, we definitely had your attention. I think there's a lot of information here that you didn't know. Uh, remember, take baby steps. Sprinkle in some fun along the way because above all, you need to cherish the journey of health. It's long-term. It's nothing short, nothing quick, nothing, nothing immediate either, right? This all takes time. You don't have to implement all of these tips in one day or just overnight, but, you know, try adding one in or, or two, you know, into your routine and just start to see how you feel because those changes really creep in quite quickly, even with something really small. Because always remember that your health journey is, it's not a destination. It's a process and you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy the journey. So 
that will bring us, I think, because we have wrapped up everything that we spoke about to honestly my favorite part of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> which is game time. Okay. Because we ask some rapid fiery questions to both of us. Okay. Me and Sonali. And we're going to sort of rapid answer these. And at times where I think that they need a little bit of extra explaining, we will. Or I think what's cooler is if we disagree on something, we will then expand. Okay. So, Sonali, are you ready? Because I think uh, this time maybe some of these questions you didn't actually see. So I'm ready to... Yeah, I am ready. <laughs> throw that stuff at you, okay? So, let's do it. the first one. I'm going to put a little statement and then I'm going to put the question, okay? Gut brain besties, okay? Can your tummy really talk to your brain? Yeah. Agreed. I think we covered on that a lot. Okay. Two, fitness versus feelings. Can six-packs abs make you happier than a six-pack of laughter? No. <laughs> I wish. No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. it's harder. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> it's harder. But yeah, no, it doesn't, right? They're, they're both important. Okay. Trendy or timeless? Are ancient health practices just old news in cute packaging? No, I think there's merit to it. No. Yeah. There is there merit is, to it, 100%. Right? I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Yeah. Okay. DNA dictator. I love these ideas, okay? Is your health's destiny purely written in your genes? Oh, no. No. No, yeah. <laughs> no. I think you have, I no. mean, your mind, think, everything you have control it over matters. all of this. Your environment, yeah. right? This exactly. is one of the biggest things that we thought about. Yeah. Okay, number five. City versus jungle. Can skyscrapers really replace the therapeutic calm of forests? Oh, that's a tough one. I think... Maybe in the beginning, but not forever. <laughs> not forever. It's and all I, internal. Yeah. And you know what I think is really crazy is that I feel like people who live in cities their whole life have never, they don't know the the alternative. And that's the biggest problem. Because eh? when you get a taste of that, you're just like, whoa. All right. Six. Nature's gift or life's lessons? Is your health solely a result of your birth lottery? See that? What? <laughs> <laughs> is you? Basically... Okay. Yeah, is your health solely about your birth lottery? Like, do you get, is it about how lucky you were and where you were born into, etc.? Or can you truly change the way your health is? Oh, no, you could. I mean, you've seen people from various backgrounds come into sports and fitness. And I mean, it's remarkable how they've changed themselves. And so, no, I don't agree to that. You can totally change. It's all environmental. Like we said, yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think that you can. I mean, obviously, we have to be aware of certain situations not being, you know, very easy for certain people, depending on where they're, you know, born or the environment that they're in. But at the same time, it's not impossible for things to sort of work out in a different way. Or, you know, we can only as societies hope that education and things start to where we help and expand beyond just ourselves that people start to get more of a chance and I think educating is one of the most important things so yeah that would be that would be my little take on that seven stress mess can we just shrug off the stress that we get without any long-term fuss oh no you cannot that is just piling on as baggage and it's gonna come out it's gonna come out really bad this is why I say every single human being born on this planet earth if you can get therapy <laughs> yeah, it's a life changer and no matter True. how how good or how sorted you think you are you still need to go through therapy yeah so yeah i always say this yeah true okay number eight 
eco-warriors. Can one tree-hugging neighbor really change the environment's future? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, can. It's a social movement. I mean, it's a movement, right? You need someone to start it. Yeah. 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 It's crazy because for instance living here in Goa do the garbage situation disposal is the worst. Mm, I've right? heard. And I, I and yes. I will literally find myself picking up my neighbor's garbage and being like give it to me I will go and put it somewhere. Don't just burn <laughs> it, right? People burn it here. It's crazy. Anyway, so yes, every one person can make a difference, okay? Number 9. Does being wealthy guarantee the best health? Not at all. No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh in yeah. fact you'll come across a lot of people with tons of money who are very unhealthy you know uh i think that more knowledge is required there for sure and number 10 supplements can they replace a healthy diet oh that's a controversial one i'm pretty sure a lot of people say yes but totally not no no even me i'm a big no to that they're supplements for a reason they can supplement your life and your diet but they cannot replace and they cannot give you the answer you know to your health so that was it thank you that was great i think you know we covered a lot and these tips and the questionnaire was fantastic riveting to say the least yeah i think you're going to you're going to come up with the surprising questions next time sonali yeah, yeah okay next time next one's on me and i think i learned a lot as well today so you know as every as with every episode we like to leave some fierce and fearless thoughts that are individually to both Zoe and I. So Zoe, why don't you go with your food for thought first and then I'll go with mine. Now, diving into this vast ocean of deep health today, even I have had some aha moments, okay, honestly, because I've always believed health isn't about chasing an unrealistic perfect. It is about finding that sweet balance. I truly believe that. And yeah, if that means that I need to tuck into a fillet of fish burger occasionally, I'm going to do it. Guilt-free even you know have in my case i have two of them right it's about having good food vibes most of the week and knowing that it's okay to have a cheat moment every now and then okay honestly health for me it's that exhilarating feeling during a morning run when the sun's coming out and you can sort of like find that little moment of special it's about finding that zen during a really nice stretching moment late at night It's not just about grueling workouts although I completely love those as well but it's also about cherishing every bend every twist and every jump that we do it's about respecting our body's call for some downtime and about good sleep okay but here's the real deal it's also about our headspace it's about addressing the roller coaster of emotions reaching out when things get really foggy in life and really learn to tap into mindfulness Because when we talk about strength, it's not just about lifting weights; it's about lifting our spirit, standing up for what's right, and setting those golden boundaries. To all my fierce and fearless people out there, remember: health isn't about the destination; it's the ride, and every ride is going to be unique. Sprinkle a bit of love on yourself every now and then, because that right there—that's the heart and soul of deep, deep health. Remember: be kind to yourself. To me that's deep health the kind that starts from within and kind of radiates out keep it fierce keep it fearless and always always keep it real beautiful i love it i love it i love it okay and i could not agree more right so when you're 
in my take home or my uh, thought over here would be when you're at ease and literally comfortable in your own skin you're in deep health right and sometimes you're not just always going to be there there're going to be moments in there're going to be moments out it's like happiness is a state of it's an evolving state of mind you know it's you can't just always be happy you're going to you're going to be happy you're going to be sad but you recognize you know what makes you happy what doesn't so it's it's ever evolving and it's very much connected to your external and internal so and also i think it's important to understand to really get into understanding what deep health is you have to be cognizant of the fact that you have reached where you are today and you have preset filters which come from your childhood today let's say there's a some kind of an action okay let's say two parents are fighting every person who's watching those two people fight or a couple fight will react differently right the stimulus is the same but the reaction is different why why is that so right because we are all brought up in different ways we all have different baggages and once we recognize that we've been you know these these uh, conditioning this uh, these filters sandosh they shape who we are they shape our thoughts we can change them it's called neuroplasticity it's a proven scientific process that you can change the way you think simply by shaping your thoughts because at the end of the day there's no one except yourself who has control of your thoughts right so you can shape who shapes you your thoughts and who shapes your thoughts you so if you control the thoughts you be aware of the negative thoughts coming in because of your preconceived notions then you have the power to change them i know it's easier said than done <laughs> it's not so easy to do but just know you can start step by step and you will notice that and the, you know it kind of permeates into all the few pillars that we've said so you want to change them you want to get better at it step by step so go into it be aware of your conditioning change it and get better at it every day so when you sleep better you have more energy to move when you have more energy to move your mood improves and it sort of all starts connecting together so yeah that was uh that was our episode number 2 <laughs> love it i really i really love i loved i loved what you brought in all that together sonali that was awesome so listeners we challenge you at the end of the day to think beyond diet and exercise when you think about your health You want to try and consider all the different dimensions that we brought up that consist under deep health and remember that every little positive change counts. There's no one size that's going to fit it all. It's never too late to start, which is another thing I wanted to bring in. No matter what age you're at, you can start going to the gym, you can start lifting weights, you can start getting strong. Remember to stay fierce, stay fearless. and continue striving for balance and fulfillment just call zoe and get stronger with her it really works <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> anyway thank you everyone for just tuning in listening to us and exploring with us as to what is health on fierce and fearless we hope you found this insightful and do stay tuned for the new episode which will come out next week and where we continue to explore topics that matter until then stay fierce and stay fearless Well ladies that's a wrap on another really energizing episode of Fierce and Fearless. We hope our conversation has sparked something within you and given you some fiery inspiration to carry your day forward. And remember, you're not just our listeners. You're our tribe, our community, and we're eager to hear your thoughts, your stories, and all your questions. So just don't even for a second hesitate to reach out to us on any of our platforms or Instagrams. Share your victories, your challenges, and let's keep the energy rolling and this powerful dialogue going. 
Don't forget to follow our show on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. We've got a collection of empowering discussions waiting just for you. So until next time, ladies, remember you are fierce, you are fearless, and you are part of a vibrant sisterhood. Stay bold and keep shining. This is a disclaimer. Thank you, of course, for tuning in. But please note that this episode is based on research and is expressed by our personal opinions and views. While we strive for accuracy and authenticity, we recommend that listeners seek personalized advice from qualified professionals regarding any health or wellness topics. Always consult a doctor or healthcare provider before making any changes to your lifestyle and routine. Thank you very much.